you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the Big Show and Podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for being here. As always, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, and uh, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss. If you haven't subscribed to the LinkedIn newsletter, that thing is killing it. It grows massively every day. Uh, two new plugs that we're, uh, we're, we're shiving, shiving. Or shilling, shilling, shiving, one of those two. <laughs> Someone's going to stab with a shill. Uh, anyway, uh, check them out. There's AI uh, Podcast with Chris Voss. It's so new, I can't even remember what it's called. Uh, and you can go to AIChrisVoss.com or uh, you can uh, just Google it, whatever. It's up there. Uh, there's also the Leadership, uh, uh, Chris Voss Leadership Podcast that's available now. You can check that out as well. Uh, both those are silos or verticals that uh, are copies of what guests that appear on the Chris Foss show. So you'll still see them on the Chris Foss show, uh, but you'll also see stuff over on those if you're interested in AI, which is artificial intelligence for those of you not quite up to par with everything that's going on. Uh, today we have an amazing author on the show. Hannah Matthews is on the show with us today. She's the author of the latest book uh, that just barely came out, holy crap, yesterday, yes, May yeah. 2nd. 2023 are we halfway through almost halfway through the year stop it make it stop anyway uh pick up her book wherever fine books are sold it's called you or someone you love reflections from an abortion doula we're gonna talk about her book uh hannah uh, welcome to the show thank you so much i'm so happy to be here chris there you go and uh hannah give us a dot com where people can find you on the interwebs please yeah, so right now the best place is hannahmatthews.me, and that has links to all my work, all my writing. Um, if folks need abortion support resources or education resources, they'll be there. There you go. And so what motivated you want to write this book, Hannah? Yeah, so um, I've had a lot of different jobs in my life. Um, I still have a million jobs. I've worked at public libraries. I've worked... Um, you know, I'm a mom, I've worked in childcare, preschool teacher, I love kids, I love families. Um, and I just love being in the community. And one job I started a few years ago was working in a reproductive health care clinic. Um, and it provides abortion care, but also, you know, birth control, cancer screenings, all kinds of other uh, types of health care that folks in my community, especially who don't have health insurance, or don't have, you know, too much disposable income can access, um, you know, in a place that's really free from judgment, free from shame, and we can help them, you know, get, stay healthy and thriving and build their families the way they want to um, and have, you know, healthy pregnancies, healthy lives. And so, you know, I really noticed that so many people are having abortions, whether that's, you know, because the their pregnancy can't survive, it isn't healthy for them, whether it's because, you know, they can't afford to give birth and raise a kid, you know, so many reasons. And they're all across the spectrum, right? They vote for Trump, they vote for Bernie Sanders, they don't vote, like they're 
we have helped so many folks have abortions who would tell you they're pro-life, they're Catholic, they don't believe in abortion, but really it's it's all of us. And most people who have abortions are mothers or parents, they already have kids. Um, and just kind of, I was like, you know, if this is happening all around us all the time, it's people in our families, it's our college roommates, our friends, our girlfriends, you know, whatever. We should all be equipped, no matter what our political views are, um, to help the people we love, like stay safe and healthy and okay, and make sure they're getting what they need. Um, and so, you know, my thing is, I just want everyone to know, like, we're all broke, we're all busy, we're all tired, we don't have the energy to keep up with all these crazy laws that are passing and, mm -hmm. you know, all the all the news that's so stressful, but we can kind of get in there where we can and, you know, give someone $20 or point someone to a fund they can use or like an organization that will support them. Like if we just kind of all mm -hmm. get a baseline of education, then we can support, you know, our daughters, our sisters, our friends when they need us. Um, and that's really, you know, mm -hmm. that's best for families. Like abortion helps communities thrive. It helps families thrive. Um, and it's just something that is a normal and necessary part of reproductive health care, just like you know, prenatal care, miscarriage mm -hmm. management, all of it. Mm -hmm. So uh, you've done a lot of different work in this field. You're based up in uh, Portland, Maine, yep. and you've been published in the New York Times, Elle uh, Magazine, uh, Esquire, Time, Jezebel, McSweeney's, Teen Vogue, and other publications. So you've done a lot of great work. Uh, hey, let's uh, let's lay a foundation. What is a doula? Because I, I never knew what this term until uh, I came across your book pitch. And uh, so establish, establish what an, a doula is. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for asking. So a doula comes from, um, you know, the word comes from an ancient Greek word that uh, originally meant like female servant, female slave. So these would be women who were around, you know, if a woman was giving birth or having a miscarriage or like going through something, these women would be around her, you know, helping her get what she needed, helping the doctor, helping, you know, helping her spiritually, um, emotionally, physically, all of it. So a lot of folks don't like to use that term anymore, but I still do um, just because it's kind of easier for folks to understand if they've heard of birth doulas, like they mm -hmm. kind of automatically understand what I do. Mm -hmm. But a doula is someone who gives someone non-medical support. So we're not healthcare mm -hmm. providers, we're not doctors, we're not nurses, but we can give someone, you know, emotional, spiritual, physical, financial support. Um, mm -hmm. So basically just fill in those gaps that like a community and a village would fill in for someone. There you go. And you guys are different than a midwife because a midwife does the medical and then you guys do exactly. the emotional support. And, yep. it, and to me, this is very needed. You know, across my life, I've had a lot of experiences between girlfriends and gal pals. You know, I, I had a gal pal uh, call me one time. She was having a miscarriage. Uh, it was very far along, actually, but she still could do it at home. But it was still so emotionally traumatizing. And I remember her calling me. And I, I as a man, a masculine man, I have no way to process it. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're very different men because we, we, we can't we solve problems and yeah. we're not very good when it comes when when women come to us with their emotional thing and and being able to do it. and they need it really women need that community that female community of support and a lot of them don't have that i was i was yeah. watching a uh a female speaker a while ago and she was talking about one of the things that women used to have back in the day is they used to have a community of women 
that they would go spend time with and they'll, you know, there's a lot of this goes back to caveman times and they would, uh, you know, well, the men are out hunting and chasing, uh, you know, whatever we chase, you know, go kill and hunt and bring it back. Um, you know, women would have this community where they would do stuff. I mean, even yeah. when I grew up, there was, uh, I know this sounds old timey, but it, it, it kind of is cause I'm 50. <laughs> Um, but you know, even in the Mormon community that I grew up in there, women would have these quilting things and they would get together mm -hmm. and quilt. And it really mm -hmm. wasn't about the quilting so much. Mm -hmm. It was about the community. Mm -hmm. And, and this, uh, speaker I was watching recently, she said, one of the problems that women have nowadays is they don't have really a community there. Everyone's kind of isolated. We're all kind of isolated when you really think about it now. We're all yeah. in our little homes. We don't even talk to our neighbors. Like when I grew up, you know, we talked to our neighbors, went to dinner with them, got sugar from them, salt and stuff like that. That's but now right. we're just like, hey, Ooh, the people across the street scary yeah for sure and that's something that kind of you know especially now that um you know it's like across gender lines like i see patients all the time who like have sexually transmitted infections or like don't know what's going on with their bodies because they have no one to talk to it's not safe they don't feel like they can talk to anyone in their lives about like the sex they might be having or the symptoms they might be having um or just like their lives like they don't feel like they can really share anything private or personal um with anyone and that's that's a big problem when it comes to our health and especially like those things that we've made kind of shameful and secret like sex and pregnancy um mm -hmm. so yeah i think it's really helpful for people like if you are someone who is pregnant or can get pregnant to be surrounded by people who know what that's like and who know kind of you know just how it feels or how it might feel for you to have to end a pregnancy or to have to continue a pregnancy and give birth. Um, you know, it's really great to have, like you said, be surrounded kind of by that community that knows what you're going through and what kind of support you might want or need. Yeah. And women can support each other in a different way than men can uh, with women and th that emotional thing uh that mm -hmm. they can have and they can and they bond as a community uh better you know i've 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 there's certain things women can talk about and and some of these things too i mean uh, the the value of a woman uh, is placed on you know society and her perception and so different things like abortion or miscarriage or things like that or like you like you mentioned some sexual transmitted disease things these are things you don't want your neighbors to know about or friends yeah. to know about or maybe the community yeah. of your your quilting community from 50 yeah. years ago <laughs> i think yeah. you still quilt in the state of utah um yeah. and so having someone like you is someone that they can confide in without having that yeah. get out to the community or end up on tiktok right yeah for sure it's their private business i'm very into us all minding our own business but i also want to be that person that like someone can feel safe or not embarrassed to say like hey, this is going on in my body. And I can say like, oh, that's normal. Like that happens all the time. You know, like that's, mm -hmm. you're not weird. You're not bad. Like it's all right. Um, yeah, that sounds like so, Fridays for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's weird both, stuff. right? Like I just, I, I don't want people to feel like they have to keep it secret, but obviously it's their business to choose mm -hmm. to share or not share, um, which is a problem with a lot of these laws is like, you know, these judges and these laws are really trying to come into our bedrooms, our hospital rooms, our families, and trying to like get in our most intimate business um, and criminalize it. And that's a big problem for me. Yeah, it definitely has exploded with the overturning of Roe versus Wade and uh, other things going on, which is really interesting uh, how, how the court's operating in the sense. And, and uh, you know, we've, we've got this right wing court that's uh, very religious and 
So uh, you focus mainly on uh, being an abortion doula. So you're helping people uh, that are going through the abortion decisions and process. Tell us a little bit about how that works and some of the different services you provide that way, I guess. Yeah. So often um, someone needs a doula because they don't really have, you know, like they have an abusive boyfriend that they have to keep their abortion a secret from or, you know, their their parents can't know about it or they have to miss work and like someone has to watch their kids and they don't really have those people in their lives that support them. Um, and so the, often that's where a doula comes in. And so I'll kind of help someone figure out like, okay, what do you want to do? Like, mm. maybe you don't want to, but what do you feel like you need to do? Like, what medical advice do you need? How can we find you a doctor to like see you, examine you, give you medical advice? Um, and just kind of like, what are the, what types of care do you want? Like, do you want me to sit and pray with you? Do you want me to hold your hand while you cry? Or like, do you more just need a ride to the airport so you can go to another state and have your abortion because where you are, you can't have it. Mm -hmm. um, do you need, you know, recently like a local fund had to help a patient raise $15,000 because they didn't have health insurance. They had to fly to another state. Um, they had to get kind of a complicated procedure and then fly home. So mm -hmm. like you, sometimes people need like enormous amounts of money uh, just to have this very simple, very safe type of healthcare done. So often it's logistics, right? People have kids. Most people who have abortions have kids. Um, it's finding, you know, watching their kids, finding childcare, helping them figure out how they're going to miss a day of work, um, or miss a few hours of work, things like that. Um, and so really I'm just kind of that like net of support that's going to catch someone, you know, no matter why they're falling or where they're falling. Interesting. How, how often do you find that abortions are done where the man involved is aware of that, that that's going to happen? Um, in my experience, that's usually the case. Um, I would say often there's a partner who is either there or they're not there, but they're supportive. Um, you know, it's rare that a partner is not involved in any way. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it just, it really depends on the situation. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, the, I've been seeing lately a lot of married folks having abortions. So like a husband and wife will come together to the clinic. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, th I think I saw some stats once that said that sometimes when people just have a full family and it, it's mm -hmm. just kind of financial sometimes, but there, I mean, there's a lot of hard decisions. I mean, the, a, a woman's, uh, you know, women's womb, we protect it. You know, it's women and children first. There's, there's also things we do in society because without women, uh, in the womb, we wouldn't propagate as a species. And a lot of yeah. everything we do is designed around uh, protecting women and and uh, protecting the womb, uh, you know, and, and making sure that uh, the species continues. Otherwise, we would have probably died out a long time ago. Um, and so in, in the book, you uh, titled it Reflections. Uh, mm -hmm. Are there stories? Uh, tell us what the reflections are in your book and some of the content. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so it's kind of a gathering of different folks stories and expertise so like mm -hmm. i always say there's no such thing as an abortion expert because the only expert on any given abortion is the person having it or the mm -hmm. person who already had it mm -hmm. um so for example my abortion stories in there i had an abortion um after my son was about to turn one year old and so he was a baby mm -hmm. i had a very high risk pregnancy and was very sick um 
And if I had continued this pregnancy, I would have been in and out of the hospital, very sick and not really a great mom for a one-year-old. Like I wouldn't have been able to be with him, care for him, love him. Um, and so really for me, my abortion was an act of parenting my son that I already had and just, mm -hmm. you know, it was in pursuit of his thriving and his well-being and his health. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I tell my story and then other folks tell their stories of like why they had their abortions, how their abortions went, and then also kind of like who helped them, like mm -hmm. who supported them when they needed it and how it's really the book is meant to like show folks like, oh yeah, like even though I'm broke and stressed or like even though I'm not super excited about abortion in general as like an idea and I'm kind of ambivalent about abortion, when it's my daughter who like is, you know, needs this miscarriage management, which often turns out to be abortion care or you know, just has this pregnancy that's in a really bad situation and, you know, is young and can't do this, mm -hmm. then I know how to kind of step up and like do what needs to be done. Um, mm -hmm. And it's also just like, you know, I, I interviewed a lot of religious leaders because I do think that's something mm -hmm. that a lot of folks struggle with. And there's some really amazing organizations out there like Catholics for Choice, um, National Council of Jewish Women that really help folks, uh, you know, there are like hotlines where you can call and talk to a pastor or a priest um, and they can kind of like give you that spiritual guidance and comfort through your abortion. Um, because, you know, it's only recently that people have kind of seized on this like Christianity or Catholicism as the reason we can't have abortions. And it's not really, the text isn't there if you're really reading the Bible and like, you know, a lot of religious leaders and clergy are like here to say, hey, okay, let's pray together. Let's talk to God about this. Like God knows why you're here and why you're doing this and God's okay with you. God loves you. Um, that kind of thing. So that can be really helpful for people. Um, and then just, yeah, all the different, like it's so complicated, right? Like every family situation is so complicated. So just helping folks figure out what they need and kind of tune out all the noise of like the politics and the people screaming at them on the sidewalk and what they learned in Sunday school and all of that. There you go. And, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting to me, there was a statue gave me in the beginning about people, uh, uh, in, if you could give me those again, stats, uh, people that are religious, like even religious people or people that are, uh, anti-choice, I guess, or anti-abortion, uh, you find if they're put in this situation, sometimes they use it. Oh yeah. And you know, a lot of folks kind of justify like, well, my situation's different. Well, I need this abortion. Like hmm. other people shouldn't have abortions because they feel like it. Or, you know, there's kind of this idea that like when you're in a tough situation, like you're suffering, but you know, you're like a good ethical, moral person and it's okay. But when it's someone else, you don't necessarily extend that same grace and you have judgment toward them. And you think like, well, then they shouldn't have had sex. Like, well then, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, so often it is people who are, I think would pass judgment on someone else mm -hmm. in their same situation, but because they know I, you know, I have good intentions. I'm a good family man. And this is my wife and like, whatever it is, you know, they can mm -hmm. kind of justify it for themselves. And I totally get that. Um, but it is, I think, like I said, like, I think 25% of us abortion patients are practicing Catholics, right? Wow. They are devout Catholics and like many, many Christians who are, going to church every Sunday and hearing about, you know, how abortion is sin and evil and murder 
you know, they're coming to have abortions when they need them, um, if they mm. can access them. So it really is just something that's like, I always, a birth July tattoo is like, you know, a birth can turn into a death real quick. Like yeah. these lines are blurry. Like people get sick, people get injured, pregnancies die, pregnancies don't work out. Like there's sexual assault, you can get pregnant. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of very young patients who don't know they're pregnant because they have never had a period. They don't know. Um, and they're not receiving sex education to know that they are pregnant. Um, so it's just kind of like, we've made it very black and white and it's really not. It's like humans live really complicated lives and they should be able to give birth when and if they want to and when and if it's right for them and no one should be giving birth against their will especially in this country where giving birth is dangerous. Um, and, you know, it's just like, this is a basic thing for me is I just want everyone to understand that like every abortion is different. And when you say the word abortion, that doesn't just mean one thing. That means yeah. 7 billion different things. You know, that means a different thing for every single person who's gone through it. Yeah. It's it, it, cause it, you know, I've, I've had friends that have had all sorts of, you know, the baby's in the wrong place and, and, uh, you know, it, there's, there's all sorts of medical variations that can take place or situations. Um, it, it's interesting to me, the religious aspect of it. Do, do you find, uh, because, you know, I suppose I should expect it because do as I say or say as I do is not applicable to religion. I'm an atheist, a full disclosure. I think everyone on the show knows that after 14 years. <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, I mean, the amount of people that I've known in, in religion that, that say one thing and do it and talk out both sides of the mouth are extraordinary. Um, but I guess if you just repent every week, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> but, but do, do people that have the, the, you know, strong abor anti-abortion issues and get an abortion, do they have, this is kind of a funny joke. Uh, do they have, it's an irony. Uh, do they have a come to Jesus moment where they go, well, maybe we should be a little, a little bit more, less lighter on abortions. Do they go back to being anti-abortion after having an abortion? I'm curious. Yeah, it's, I think there's both for sure. Um, yeah. I think it really depends what kind of community they're going back to, right? Like, are they going yeah. back to like a household that's more open-minded and more able to change their mind when they're presented with like new information or are they going back to a household and a church community that's like no we never like we're right no matter what we never change course yeah. um i suppose I they can never disclose it either you know they can't exactly a lot yeah for a lot of folks they can't even really admit it to themselves they call it a miscarriage or they you know do all kinds of mental gymnastics which again i totally understand because since they're kids they've heard like this is murder you're a murderer if you do this um so of course they're like they can't tolerate that you know mm -hmm. um i do think anti-abortion people who don't believe that abortion should be legal are a very small majority in this country mm -hmm. so we got a lot of really powerful wealthy anti-abortion folks like influencing a lot of decisions and judiciary committees and legislation that's passing but actual americans who are just like everyday americans raising their families, going to work, very, very few of them think that abortion should be totally illegal. And I think the reason why is because most people know that at any minute that could be them or a member of their family or a friend that yeah, needs that abortion. It's interesting to me that you say 25% of Catholics uh, get abortions or, or people, people that are getting abortions, 25% of Catholics. Do I have that? Am I, uh, am I presenting that number right? 
I think that's right. Let me look that up. I, I know that. I just um, want to make sure that I said that right in the way that yeah, you said it. Yeah, well, let me look it up so I'm not misquoting. But that's a, a stat that comes from um, that organization, Catholics for Choice, yeah. um, who are and really like a leading. They do a lot of research on the Catholic Church and abortion laws. Mm -hmm. All right, let me take a look. So what's interesting is that according to some of the data I pulled up, 61% support uh, you know, freedom of abortion for people. But yeah. uh, I've always wondered about, so that leaves, uh, you know, 39%. But then if 25% of the Catholics who are against abortion are getting abortions, you could probably throw in, I don't know, half that figure is full of shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, so now you're down that. to 20%. So now you're just really with oligarch billionaires like uh, Betsy DeVos's organization, Center for National Policy, uh, and, uh, I don't know, the the Heritage Group and, you know, all the, it's basically, we've come to this country, especially with cities United, as, as the uh, battle of oligarch billionaires and some are on the right, some are on the left, and we're yeah. just kind of caught in between. But it's yeah. interesting to me, these numbers. Um, yeah. yeah, I just but, pulled it up and it says... Um, <laughs> Many abortion patients report a religious affiliation. So as of 2014, 24% of abortion patients in the U.S. were Catholic, 17% were mainline Protestant, 13% were evangelical Protestant, and then 8% identified with some other religion, and 38% wow. had no religious affiliation. So yeah, wow. it's really, it's people in every church, every synagogue, like people on the bus with you, people at your workplace, it's everyone who's having abortions, because it is, again, huh. this very common very normal thing yeah well i mean pregnancy birth uh it's pretty mm -hmm. common yeah. um or attempting a birth you know I, I when i was young i remember seeing um uh people when i you know i'd have to go to church because my parents forced me um i would see women that had uh miscarriages and it, it's hard i i've had women yeah. in our workplace that have miscarriages and and then pregnancies you know let alone pregnancies hard you know i've had yeah. i've had uh pregnant mothers waddling around my office you know and sometimes they're in that last stage where they've got to just keep moving and the baby's kicking hard and they're just uncomfortable 24 7 you know it's not it's not comfortable. I'm a fat guy. And it's not comfortable, but having a baby inside you and doing all that stuff, that's a whole new level of, of pain and hormones. And, and yeah. uh, so having someone like you who can give them emotional support, who can be there for them and provide something that and a lot of us men can't, we were just, we're just lost. Cause yeah. and the other thing is too, we, we don't really know what the experience is like. Yeah. I mean, and you're raised have, not to like yeah. really be curious about it or talk about it too much for sure. Yeah, and, and where someone like you uh, or other women who've gone through the process of it, you know, you guys know what's going on. We, we're just, we just uh, kind of sit there and we're just kind of lost because um, yeah, we don't, sure. we don't have an idea. And yeah. so uh, it's great. Why, like, there. When a lot of these, Oh, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No problem. No, I was, I was rapping. I was just going to say when a lot of these, you hear a lot of these senators, congressmen, whoever talking about, you know, a 14 year old should have to give birth and give their baby up for adoption. It's like, do you know what that would do to a 14 year old's body to be, yeah. you know, carry a pregnancy for 40 weeks and then give birth? Um, you know, it's just, it's not like human. It's so cruel what these people are proposing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, it, it, and it's interesting too. Like I actually, I actually said, uh, cause I'm a strategist. So I look at life and social studies and history. And I remember saying to a friend, when it was rumored, it got leaked that uh, the court was going to overturn the mm -hmm. thing. And at the time, uh, we were it was looking like we were just going to have a disaster for Democrats in the House and Senate. And mm -hmm. it was going to be just a full wipe because no one uh, was giving a shit to come out to vote. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, the only thing that may save the midterms is Roe overturning 
Wade or Roe mm-hmm. versus Wade being overturned. And uh, sure enough, that was it. I was right. Yeah. I didn't want to be right, but uh, yeah. you know, that's, that's the strategic plan of things. I, I look at the chessboard and go, Hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, there's a lot that needs to be done in that thing. And it's interesting how people will vote against their own best interests. I think that's the other curious I have and the curiosity I have of human nature and behavior is voting against their own interests. And like yeah. you say, a lot of these people that are religious, they'd end up getting abortions probably did vote against mm-hmm. their own interests mm-hmm. and supporting their own freedom. And then, you know, there's an old line from, uh, uh, is it, uh, David Miller? No, uh, it's Miller. It's the Miller comedian from the old SNL, uh, new show, but he has mm-hmm. a line that no one finds Christ on prom night in the back of the mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. It's only when you fucked everybody over in the world and no one will talk to you anymore. And you're in prison that you find Christ. <laughs> this is joke. Yeah. Dennis Miller. There you go. Dennis Miller. Anything more you like- want to, Donald Miller, but no. <laughs> there you go. I was. I, I, I've got. So, it's been so long, but it, it's one of my favorite bits to reference. No one yeah. finds Christ on prom night in the back of the car, and and so we get in these mixes, and and then we have to reconcile where we're at, and uh, then we, you know, I would I would hope that more people that would find, you know, hey man, maybe I should be, maybe I should let up on other people, but you know, yeah. else not a river in Egypt. Um, yeah. Hannah, anything more you want to share out on the book or tease out on the book so people will pick it up and order? Yeah. So I hope people pick it up. Um, it's a paperback, so it's pretty affordable. You know, it's $18.99, $19, $20. Um, and really just keep it on hand, like kind of no matter if you feel like, oh, this will never be me. I'll never need this. But like, you know, maybe there's like a neighbor or like a, a high school friend of your daughter or someone who you just feel like, oh, maybe they could use some support or some information or someone to care for them. And like, again, you know, all these folks who are, you know, pro-life and pro-baby and pro-mother and that's their reasoning, their anti-abortion, you know, don't you want then those mothers and children that they have to be safe and healthy and looked after and cared for kind of, you know, no matter what you feel about their choices. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I want to say is just like, you know, come to folks with curiosity and compassion, not judgment, no matter who you are, because you probably don't want to be judged um, for your choices you've made in life. And, you know, everyone, especially pregnant people really deserve like our community support. So that's all I really got to say. Yeah, Yeah. we need more family support. I mean, the, you know, the, 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 the other interesting to me thing to me about a lot of legislatures around this country in red states is, in my understanding, is red states. Uh, I mean, Florida is a big abortion state. It's a red state. Georgia, uh, yeah. I think Georgia's turned blue technically, but it's on the line. But you know, it, it's it's a thing where um, you know people don't support the family afterwards. You know, right. <laughs> I'm like, hey, right. do, we, do we have some support for the family? Yeah. If you want and these a lot babies, of. Oh, sorry. I was going to say a lot of the abortion funds I write about in an interview and like there's the Hoosier abortion fund in Indiana. They also have like diaper banks and mm-hmm. like formula banks and they are like helping these babies and these parents, whether or not, you know, they're giving birth or how many kids they have, whatever, in a way that the anti-abortion side is not giving these families any support. <laughs> yeah. So often like the abortion funds and the abortion clinics are the one who have the ones who have you know, they're giving out diapers, they're giving out baby food. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of important to keep in mind is like reproductive rights means for people who have their kids too. Yeah. 
There you go. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, I saw a funny TikTok, uh, of a guy who goes out to abortion events. And, uh, you know, there was, a, there was that meme there for a while where, uh, all, all the anti abortionists were saying, uh, you know, put him up for adoption. We will adopt him, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And so mm -hmm. what he was doing was he was going to these abortion uh, protests and, and sites and stuff and walking around with an abortion or not abortion, an adoption uh, uh, clipboard. And he's mm -hmm. like, hey, um, you guys, you guys are here. You're against abortion uh, here. Let's go ahead and sign you up for adoption. And, mm -hmm. and so you'll adopt these babies. And like, it was just hilarious to see mm -hmm. how many people just ran from that. And mm -hmm. you're like, wait, Wait, do as they say, say as they do. Yeah, it's almost like it's not about the babies and taking care of the babies, yeah. Chris. It's almost like it's about controlling other people and what they do. Yeah. Controlling totally. dominance and superiority complex yeah. and mob mentality. Stop, yeah. stop, stop this crap, humans. Uh, I wish you would learn human nature and or be self-reflective of human nature. Anyway, thank yeah. you very much, Hannah, for coming on the show. Thank uh, you like so I much. say, I, I've seen a lot of women go through a lot of different issues with uh, pregnancy and miscarriage and, and abortion and other things. And, uh, you know, the emotional uh, stuff they go through is tough and any support we can give to you know keep from emotional damage to happen is good um give us your dot coms one more time or dot me I think oh yeah it before we yeah hannah matthews dot me is my website and then you can find me on twitter um usually yelling about abortion or yelling about you know my toddler drawing on the walls or all kinds of stuff um and that's hannah m says on twitter there you go. Uh, thank you very much, Hannah, for coming on the thank show as well. Thank you so much, Chris. Awesome there you to go. talk to you. And I learned what a duel is. I learned something new today, and hopefully there our audience is well. There you go. <laughs> All, All right. right. Thanks. Thank you very much. And thanks, audience, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, and we'll see you guys next time. And that should have us out.